Okay, so I've been knowing that I was going to make this episode for a minute. And I, I wanted to make it a few episodes ago. But um, my anxiety just always gets the best of me. Because this topic is one that is still very hard for me to talk about. Just because of the emotions that it brings up. Um, the disgust, the ickiness that I feel internally when I talk about it. Um, and it's been the one thing of all the things in my life that if I'm being fully transparent, I cannot say that I've actually devoted time to heal from. It's something that I guess I don't even mean to put it away. I think I just put it away because I don't fucking know. I don't like dealing with it. <laughs> I don't like I don't like talking about it. I don't like dealing with it. I don't like remembering. I don't like any of that shit. And I'm already knowing that editing this video is going to be having to rehear everything all over again. Um one thing I will say though is that years ago I told myself I wasn't going to cry about this topic anymore. And hopefully because the camera's in front of my face, I won't cry because I don't know, it's just like this ego thing. I don't want to give him the satisfaction of like seeing me cry, which is how you know that I haven't healed from it because a healed person would say, feel your emotions and honor them, you know, and all that bullshit. But this is honestly a very raw representation of where I'm at in my life with this. And I want to share it with you guys. Um, So... I'm going to talk about the sexual assault that I experienced. Um, so let's take shit back. So I actually was, I guess, molested by a family member when I was six years old. And I wouldn't, I don't know if I really look at it as a molestation because I feel like they were also a kid and I feel like something was probably happening to them that made them want to explore with me. But um, so that understanding has always allowed me to forgive um, this person and not, I guess I just don't feel like I was, I mean, I was violated, but like, I don't know, it just didn't like create a resentment in me towards that family member. Because I just think it was a I, I think it was that person trying to make sense of maybe what was being done to them. Um, and because of that understanding, I guess I take a compassionate approach. But that situation did open me up to the world of sex and um, sexuality and all of these things very early on. So... I developed like a hypersexual, mm, I don't know, I guess I just became hypersexual very young. Um, and it intrigued me and all my friends would find like weird magazines and pornos and shit in their parents' rooms and we would watch them and just things like that. You know what I mean? Like it was just it, it it opened this portal in me of my curiosity so fucking early. And I don't know if it's because of like 
law of manifestation, but it felt it felt like all my friends also one of the commonalities we had was we were exposed to sex really early. Um, and we kind of all bonded over that curiosity in a weird way. Um, so yeah, so then, sorry, I feel like my mind is all over the place because this is so hard for me to talk about. Let me gather myself. Okay. So getting into the details of, um, the assault that actually impacted me the most um, in every aspect of my life. I played for a soccer team. I, had, I, I moved to a new city. I was living in Sacramento and I moved to a new city and I joined this soccer team when I was about eight years old. And it was a competitive soccer team. Love the team. Great fucking team. Um, and one of my closest friends on the team had an older brother. And... We were all a very tight-knit team. Like, everyone knew everybody. Every Everyone's parents knew everybody. Parents were friends. Brothers and sisters were friends. Like, all the siblings were friends. Like, it was a, it was literally like a family. Um, as the years went on, you know, we got a little older. Uh, we all really had a lot of trust with each other. So, we would all go spend the night with each other. We'd go to tournaments out of city. We'd all get hotel rooms. We'd carpool with our kids. Like, Everyone just trusted each other with each other's children. And so I started hitting about 12 years old. And, you know, by this time, all of us girls on the soccer team, we started to, you know, notice boys more. So my friend's older brother was like that big brother that everybody thought was fine as fuck. Like it was like he would come around and we'd all be like, hee you know oh my god you know and then there was like some of my teammates that had older sisters that were his age that we knew like they probably were fucking around or like flirting and shit you know and we were kids so we were obviously like yeah that's like our dream boy but we could never like have him or whatever because he's so much older than us um and for me personally I was always like the ugly duckling so I was one of the youngest uh people on my team everybody was a, was a little older than me and I was always and I've always felt like I was the ugly duckling growing up my mom was very much like you can't shave until you're older you can't wear makeup you can't like wear certain shorts or certain shirts like my mom was very my mom was all about modesty and like teaching me to respect myself and not wanting to like make me more attractive at a at a younger age which I actually really applaud my mom for doing because I feel like it added a lot of value to my life um so like while all my other teammates they were already getting into makeup and you know looking cute and like getting into that phase in your life that like it matters to you to look attractive to the opposite sex I was very much like rough around the edges tomboy kind of girl but I would try to be cute like I had this confidence to me even though I was not like girly girl you know and I would try sometimes to be girly girl but it was so fucking cringe oh my god but I always felt like compared to everyone else like hell no like <laughs> not cute you know um always had a mustache because I'm like dark 
dark hair, hairy, Mexican. So always had a mustache, had a unibrow, like hairy ass legs, hairy arms. So I didn't feel like cute to the opposite sex until probably about like maybe my freshman year in high school. Um, so anyways, so I hit, I had just turned 13 years old and, um, there was a soccer tournament that was, uh, going to be out of town. And I don't know what the circumstances were that my mom couldn't take me to my game. So I had, I would always carpool with one of my teammates and, um, I chose to carpool with my teammate that had the older brother. Like her family was really close to my family. We were all got along. She was quickly becoming like my best friend. Um, I was actually uh, trying to talk to one of her um, friends that I thought was cute. You know, he was like a year older than me, like nothing crazy. And so, of course, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go over to her house, you know, because, you know, her parents would allow like for boys to come over to like we'd hang out in the front type of shit. And um, so I chose to, to stay the night with her to carpool to this tournament and um in retrospect the whole like three weeks I would say like about three weeks or so leading up to me spending the night at her house her older brother would do shit that was like flirty like testing the boundaries, I guess, because like at soccer practice, like there would be times where he would brush against me or whatever and get my attention. And then I would look at him and he would like wink at me, you know, or like, you know, grab my hand and like, oh, here, like leading me over here or just like swipe his hand over my hand or, you know, give me a hug. And like it just it wasn't overt, but it was very like I could feel like, oh, what the fuck? Like, is he flirting with me? But then I was a kid, so I was also like, wait, no, because what the fuck? Like, I'm a kid, and I'm, like, ugly, and he's, like, older, and he has, like, bad bitches, you know? I was like, there's no way. But in retrospect now, I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I guess because I haven't allowed myself to think about it, I don't know if that's considered grooming, but he was definitely giving me an attention that... I wasn't used to having and especially not from the boy that everyone thinks is fine on my soccer team. So, yeah, so that night um, I spend the night and it's like a normal time that we're spending the night. My friend was by so she would like make passes at me but I would be like, yo, bro, like, nah, hell no. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but that night her brother ended up coming home and he had just turned 19 and um, we were up pretty fucking late, even though we had a tournament the next day. And I just remember him coming in the house and we were all like, oh, what's up? Like, how was it? You know, whatever, chopping it up the way we always would do. And then he was like, yeah, like I still got a bottle left over. He was he was faded like he he was pretty faded and he was like oh you guys want to drink like don't tell mom I'll let you guys drink and so me and my friend of course we were like fuck yeah and one thing about me is I was always down for the bullshit like 
any one of my friends can tell you I was the craziest friend. Like I was always down to to drink. I hadn't smoked yet, but I was always down to do something crazy. Climb a roof, fucking egg someone's house, teepee someone's house, sneak out at night. Like I was always down for the bullshit. So when he said that, me and my friend were like, fuck yeah, we're going to fucking drink, you know. And we kind of felt I, or I felt cool. I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm going to be drinking, you know, like stupid kid shit. And so then he pours this this drink with Kool-Aid. And um, we're sipping it, we're sipping it. And, um, you know, you start to feel the effects or whatever the fuck. And my friend actually is, ends up leaving the room. I don't know if she went to go take a shit. I think she did go take a shit. I want to say she was like, I got to take a shit because of, I don't know, the alcohol or something. And she went to go to the restroom. And in that time, I'm alone with her brother in the kitchen. And I'm sitting on the counter and um, he comes up to me while I'm on the counter and he's just like looking at me flirty, like no words were said at all whatsoever. And I could feel myself flush, like I, I could feel myself getting red, you know, because I was like, oh, fuck, like he's like looking at me, you know, Um how fucking, how young and naive, right? Like, fuck. Um, I'm sorry. Let me get myself together because I haven't even gotten to like the fucking part and I'm already feeling overwhelmed. Um, so then he just like leans in, like he opens my legs, right? And he just leans in and kisses me. And I was like, oh shit. And I liked it. Like, I was like, oh my God, like he kissed me, you know? And we both heard my friend coming back. And so we, he like jumped back and I was like, what the fuck, you know? And I just had to play it cool. So I like, I fucking literally, my anxiety was like, chug the fucking whole drink because I was like, oh shit, we just did something we probably shouldn't do. I kind of liked it. What the fuck? This is my friend's brother. So then he was like, why don't we all go to my room and let's play, um, play on his gaming system. I don't even remember the fucking kind of gaming system it was, but his room was like in the garage that they converted to rooms or whatever. And my friend was like, fuck yeah, let's go play over there. And I was like, okay, like, let's go. And he's like, you know, giving me this look like, and, and I'm just like, oh shit. You know, like he's, he fucking likes me, you know? And I almost, I felt, I guess special. I guess I felt special because that was a time in my life that I really felt like unloved and unwanted, like in my house. Um, so we go to uh, his room and we're playing the game or whatever the hell. And, um, my friend she just gets like tired out of nowhere like hella exhausted I guess or I don't fucking know but she ended up passing out and um 
he like calls me over to sit on the bed and I'm thinking like, oh my God, is he going to kiss me again? Like, I don't even know how to kiss, you know, like all these thoughts are running through my mind and, you know, he begins to touch me like on my leg, kiss me again. And I, I liked it. I, I, I liked the attention that he was giving me and then shit started to get further. And then I started to get really fucking nervous. Like I never had an interaction with a boy this way, let alone a much older boy. And I don't know, like I just, I started to get really like anxiety and um, I just told him like, no, I don't think that we should be doing this. Like my friends on the floor, like, you know, like what the fuck? And he's like, no, like, you're fine. Like, just lay down, just lay down. And I laid down. And then I was just like, out of nowhere, I just, it just, I guess like a, like a click in my head was like, fuck no, fuck no, don't do this, don't do this, like, fuck no, like, and I was like, no, no, I, I don't want to, like, I, I'm really nervous, I, I don't want to, I don't want to. And he was just like, shh, shh, shh. And I remember getting like a log, like just like my, my, my body just, it just tightened, you know, like my legs just tightened, my fucking shoulders tightened, almost like I was like trying to close my legs, you know, visibly uncomfortable. And he's a male, like stronger, um, And then I froze. I just froze. Nothing was going through my mind at the time. I can't remember anything going through my mind at the time. I just froze. And then the door opens. And I remember feeling like, oh, fuck, thank God. It's his mom. He's on top of me. And then the door shuts. And from the outside of the room, she... calls his name and is like hey the girls have to have a tournament tomorrow they need to go to bed and he got off and I got dressed the bottom up and he didn't tell me not to tell anybody he pretty much was like You know what you are because you let me do this, right? And I knew what that meant. I was like, I'm a fucking hoe. Obviously. And he woke up my friend and we went to bed. I went to soccer the next day. Um, 
which fucking suck. But soccer was my fucking outlet. So I felt like I just fucking let it all out on the field. But then I want to say a week or so later at soccer practice, I just started going. I just started panicking. Like I was really like in my own head about like, oh, my God, is he going to tell people I'm a hoe? Like, am I a hoe? Like I just started fucking I don't know, my mind just started fucking thinking of like all the ways that he could spin it and shit on me. And I guess in my childish mind, I thought that if I get ahead of it, that I'll just somehow, I I don't know, like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but it made sense to me, I guess. And so I started telling my friends like, yeah, I lost my virginity and, um, my friend on my soccer team was like, with who? And I told her with who? And a part of me, I guess, wanted her to be like, but wait, he's like hella older than us. I don't know. I guess I just, I wanted somebody to like affirm to me that it was wrong. Because that's what I was feeling, like it was wrong. But nobody did. And so for a long time, I um, I dealt with this internal battle with myself of like, I asked for it. And um, I asked for it because I enjoyed when he kissed me and I liked the attention he gave me and it made me feel special. So I asked for it. and I guess like my um mind's way of surviving it I guess was to just act like it wasn't what it was like I I I to this day have a hard time saying I was raped like I don't I don't like subscribing to that I don't like the feeling it gives me to say I was raped like I don't so after that um after nobody made it a big deal I was like well then it's probably not a big deal I probably shouldn't say anything to anybody like my parents or anything And I just went on with life like it was normal. And there was a few other weekends that my mom couldn't take me. And she had asked their mom if I could stay there. And I wanted to be like, I don't want to go over there. But then I was like, no, if I act like that, that's going to be suspicious that something's wrong. Because my mom's going to be like, why wouldn't you want to go over there? And I was not at a place to tell her, like, why? I didn't want to go over there. So I went over there like two more times. And he didn't rape me. He just had me do things to him. Like he would come in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep. And just have me do things. And even with that, I, I didn't do anything to stop it. And I don't know why. 
Like, I've talked to Marco about this, and he asked me, like, why why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you stop it? Why? How could it have happened two more times? And I myself don't know the answer. I just... I just, I guess I was just trying to survive, live normally, the only way my 13-year-old brain knew how, I guess, like, really, that's, because I don't know why, um, but we moved that year, so I didn't have to deal with that I wasn't even going to be on the same soccer team or nothing anymore and um my whole high school life was a fucking disaster dude like fuck that was the deepest secret to hold that probably destroyed me the most um and I didn't realize that that was destroying me like I didn't realize the effects that it was having on me but in retrospect I developed like cutting because I felt really disgusted with myself and at that time I couldn't um I couldn't even think about it and there would be times where it would just consume my thoughts so much I couldn't sleep because it was all I was thinking about. So I, I would start cutting because when I would cut, it like the pain of cutting would like stop the emotional pain I was feeling. Like that's the only way I can describe it. It just would fucking, I'd cut and like, boom, the thought would leave my mind because I'm feeling the pain physically. And that became a fucking habit. Um... I didn't tell my mom until I was, let me see, I'm six years older than my sister. She had graduated high school about 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, I probably didn't tell my mom until I was about 22, 23 years old. I'm 27 now. Um, and I vividly remember that year because I was so fucking triggered because his little brother had a class with my sister and I just reached a point where I couldn't keep it in anymore I told my mom and then my sister's graduation came and I knew we were gonna run into them there and I was like panicking at the thought of like seeing him in person again and Marco has always hated him like so Marco has looked him up on social media and shit he has like a wife and he has a kid kids now, I think. And um my mom actually did we actually did run into them. Mom I fucking was like, hell no, I'm fucking going this way. But my mom ran into his mom and she tried to be cool with my mom because we've known each other for years and my mom was just like the fuck out of my face when you know what the fuck your son did. And she, the mom just like had nothing to say like just and my friend was there too and I guess she too was just nothing to say um and I 
the reason why like I told my mom not only was because I was triggered because their little brother was in my little sister's class but um now that I'm a mom I really realized to the extent that that situation fucked me up like I have an extreme fear of my kids getting sexually assaulted. Like, it, it is extreme. Like, I've probably made all the men in my family probably feel uncomfortable because of my distrust. I know I have. Like, I, I like I've, I've done it to my brothers where I'm like, hey, bro, like, I don't put shit past nobody. I, I've said it to my dad. I don't put shit past nobody. I've said it to Marco. Like, I don't put shit past nobody. And and sometimes I feel bad because I don't want, I love, I love my family. I, I love my brothers. I love my dad. I love Marco. I love his family. And I, I don't want to make them feel like I think that they're capable of doing something like that. But the fear that I live with. sometimes just runs me but I'm, I'm thankful because Marco he's so understanding and he's so like he'll walk me through my episodes you know and he goes above and beyond to make me feel safe and that our kids are safe you know and he he doesn't uh he doesn't internalize when I project my fear and I, I appreciate that a lot. I I watch my kids like a fucking hawk. I, I'm really big on telling my kids and prepping my kids that they're more likely for something to be done to them from somebody that they know. You know, I, t I teach my kids to be vigilant. I teach my kids to be aware of their surroundings. And I and I teach my children that the bad guy that we talk about more than likely isn't going to be the bad guy that you see on the street, walking down the street, although you should be cautious and on your toes. Nine times out of ten, the bad guy is someone that you know, someone that you trust. And I feel like it's important for me to teach my kids that because I always thought, the bad guy was somebody external. I, I didn't think that the bad guy could be somebody that I trust or someone around my family. And because I didn't realize that going through everything that I went through was just so confusing for me because it was all these feelings all at once that I could not process. I teach my children what to call their private areas, call it for what it is, exactly what it is. Um, I teach them like bodily autonomy, like your body is your body. No one is allowed to touch it. No one is allowed to do anything to it. Um, you're not allowed to do anything to anybody else. We respect bodies. Um, I don't make my children like hug people they don't want to hug. Uh, I don't like sitting on laps. I don't like none of that funny shit. Um, if I'm around people and they got kids, older brothers older sisters even like I I be on my kids I no closed doors in my house kids needs to be where I could see them at all fucking times um 
things like that, you know. What else? Uh, I, I've tried to teach my kids what to do in a situation, like if that were to happen. But I that's harder for me to teach them because I, I tell them like, you know, you fight, you, you scream, you whatever. But then I think about myself and I think about how I froze. And I, I've had times where I tell them, and you know what, sometimes if there's a time that somebody does something weird to you, I'm telling you to fight and kick and scream, but but maybe your body won't do that. And, and that's okay too, you know, if your survival reaction is to not do anything. But after, you have to tell somebody, like you have to tell me. And if you don't feel comfortable telling me, tell your dad. If you don't feel comfortable telling your dad, tell somebody that you do trust. But you have to promise me that you will tell somebody. And that's, I, that's the only way that I logically can prep my kids. My oldest daughter knows that something was done to me. She doesn't know the extent or whatever because they reached a point in time where she was like, Mom, why are you always like, hey, remember, like if, they, if I would leave them at family's house, you know, or birthday parties or whatever, like I'm always, you know, hey, what are you guys doing? Da, 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 like, or remember no one's allowed to touch you and you're not allowed to touch anybody else and my oldest daughter was like mom why are you always like saying those things like why are you always doing that and I had to open up with her about why I am this way and sometimes I feel like am I doing too much like am I am I instilling a fear in my kids like I struggle so much with like what's the right thing to do or teach them or to not plant those seeds so much that they want to do that to somebody or something crazy, you know, like it, it, it it's so fucking hard to navigate through. Uh, I don't think about it often ever. Actually, I don't like to think about it. I don't, I don't like the, there was like recently that Marco and I had a conversation about it and he started asking me questions to better understand it. And it was just, it's so fucking overwhelming for me. It's so fucking Hmm, this is, I get stuck, like, I just mentally just get stuck, and Marco was like, maybe if you talk about it, you'll heal from it, because that seems to be a thing with me, I talk about things, and then I heal from those things, somehow talking about it is empowering for me, but I guess in this situation, and the shame that comes with it, Talking about it makes me feel weak. Makes me feel stupid. Makes me feel shame. Makes me start asking myself, like, why I didn't do more? Why I went back twice? Why I didn't tell anybody? And it's kind of stupid because I know that part of healing from this is having to honor that I was a kid. I wasn't supposed to know any better. 
but I battle with my ego because I feel like I've always been a fighter. I've always been a strong person. I feel like a part of me should have known better. And how, I guess in honoring that I was a kid is accepting that I was inferior for a moment of my life. And I don't know if I'm ready to feel inferior to that situation yet. And that's the truth. I've, I've made myself so strong. I don't, I don't know if I'm at a place in my life where I'm ready to face that for that specific moment in my life. I wasn't. I don't think my ego will let me just yet. Or who knows? Maybe doing this fucking podcast will fucking do it. Anyways. That is the story of the sexual assault that I experienced. Um, that's the insight on how it's affected me as a mom. As a person. Something I have not healed from. Maybe this is the first step of me healing. And maybe one day I'll be able to come back on here and walk you guys through how exactly I'm healing from it. Because it has to be a conscious decision. Everything I've healed in my life was a conscious decision and desire to heal it. And I don't have a desire in my life right now to heal that part of myself to face it completely but one day I will hopefully anyways you guys that is the end of this um episode I don't want to say I hope you enjoyed because this is not an enjoyable episode but I hope uh I hope that if you went through something similar and you felt the way I felt, that you know you're not alone. And I would, I would, um, I would appreciate too, like if you're listening to this and it hits home with you, like message me something heartfelt about you, about the situation, about where you're at in your journey or what you did to heal from it or what you're doing to heal from it or if you haven't healed from it. I think maybe connecting with other people because I felt so alone with this so long. Maybe that'll bring me peace. I told myself I wasn't going to fucking cry. <laughs> All right. That's it. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>